This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. What an incredible game. What an improbable ending to the Grey Cup. Good afternoon, everyone. I am Matthew Cause. We are doing Toronto Today. It is an abbreviated show before the United States takes on Wales at the World Cup. We're going to try to get in as much as we can from what happened this weekend. And the Argonauts being the Blue Bombers, 24-23. There are so many storylines and heroes. We will not be able to get to all of them. If you miss the game, find it on TSN. Find that fourth quarter. That fourth quarter was insane. That fourth quarter was as good a quarter of football as you were going to see. And the great thing was it came unexpected. Because the game was pretty good. It was a defensive struggle, but it was a quality defensive struggle where it was a lot of hits, physicality. Like it wasn't ineptness that was getting it done. It was actually just really good play by defense. And then the fourth quarter. And uh, I had a chance to talk with Farhan Lalji. We'll play that interview for you in a minute uh, from TSN. He was covering the game, obviously. He was live part of TSN's coverage. And we are able to chat with him at the hotel before he's got to fly home. So we'll play that for you in a minute. Other things going on. First, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Islanders tonight. And we're going to have on the show former Islander Michael Grabner is going to join us at around 1.30. I just want to talk to him a lot about, um, you know, about John Tavares, where Tavares' numbers are great. He's played really well this year, and Grabner played with him for many, many years with the Islanders. So we'll get into that. As for the Toronto Maple Leafs, their first real laugher of a game, beating the Sabres 5-2. And by the way, I'm not taking that game for granted. Last year, Toronto lost to Buffalo their final three times they played. The Leafs lost to the Sabres 5-1, 5-2, 5-2. Yeah, that's an easy game. Yeah, that's a game you're supposed to win. But last year, the Leafs lost that game. Matt Murray, damn good. Sheldon Keefe said he was elite. 18 for 18 on even strength shots. First goal, random deflection, Alex Tuck. Um, second goal, maybe could have made that save. But he's made 97 saves on 104 shots since coming back. Hasn't given up more than two in regulation. Matt Murray's got a goals against of uh, save percentage, excuse me, save percentage of 913, Samson off of 921. Right now, the the Kyle Dubas experiment at goalie is working. Credit to the goalies, credit to the defense, and everyone involved. Matthews and Marner were reunited midway through the first period. They will be on different lines to start this game against the Islanders. And that second line was working. Three points for Tavares, goal and two assists. William Nylander, an incredible one. Giordano, a shorty. Uh, it was a damn good game for the Toronto Maple Leafs. As for the Raptors, Pascal Siakam was doing non-contact work today, but he is all but certainly won't be available for Wednesday against the Nets. This coming from Eric Kareem from The Athletic. Precious Achua doesn't have a walking boot, but, quote, he is ways away, according to Nick Nurse. 
Trent has passed him an injury, no, uh, and also no lingering ankle concerns for Scotty Barnes. As for the Raptors, losing a heartbreaker, 124-122 in overtime against the Hawks. And, I mean, just how the hell do you end a game like that where you have Scotty Barnes missing an open layup that would have put the Raptors ahead by two uh, with, you know, like a second and a half left in regulation. He missed it and the ensuing tip. And it was a perfectly drawn-up play. Fred Van Vliet drew all the defense into him and then just great pass to Scott. He was wide open. And then in overtime, how the hell do you let that happen? A wide-open rookie, A.J. Griffin. It was a play where everyone made mistakes. Scotty Barnes, Coloco, you go up and down, Ananobi, you go up and down the Raptors, and either they were tired or everyone decided to make a mistake at the same time. That was a hard loss. And you can look at the other side. Hey, the Raptors usually could have won that game. They were without six regulars, including three starters. Scotty Barnes, 28, 11, and nine assists. But that was a heartbreaking loss for the Toronto Raptors on Saturday. Thankfully, thankfully, we had the Toronto Argonauts getting it done. So we just taped this right before the start of the show because Farhan Lalji is en route like every CFL media member flying back from Regina. So here it is from just a little while ago, my interview with Farhan. Joining us now, TSN reporter, it is Farhan Lalji, live from Regina at the airport. Farhan, thank you so much for taking time to review that crazy Grey Cup. Yeah, Matt, no problem at all. In fact, I'm, I'm leaving the hotel right now. We're staying at the Argos Hotel, so oh. they're leaving around the same time here, too, so we're kind of getting the residual effects of the end of the party for the Argos, so... Fun, fun hotel lobby right now. Oh my God, that must be it. Must reek of booze, success, and satisfaction. Let's start here. You've covered a lot of football games in your career. How high do you rank that fourth quarter? And again, the Argonauts beat the Blue Bombers twenty-four twenty-three. A fourth quarter that had a a record punt return, a length touchdown, interceptions, block kicks, backup quarterbacks. That fourth quarter was nuts. Yeah, it was incredible. I, you know, just. There was a moment in the third quarter where um, Zach Hilaris completed it. He scrambled to his left on second and long, and he completed a 23-yard pass to Dalton Schoen, right? Yep. And I thought to myself in that moment that, okay, that's the turning point in the game, right? And they need to get that going. You know, like, uh, Winnipeg's not going to turn back now, right? They just uh, – Argos took their lead. Winnipeg came back and took the lead back, and then they got to stop, and then they got the ball back. So – I, I thought that was it, right? Because that's how these games go, and there's so you know momentum turns, and uh, and the Bombers just kind of know that moment. They know how to put things away, and like from that point on, there were probably ten more momentum swings, right? From uh, the Robbie Smith three moments, you know, right there back to back, where he had the sack, the face mask, then the block kick, Brandon Banks penalty. Like there were just so many moments that you thought were going to change that game. Um, like you were watching that fourth quarter, you couldn't have asked for more entertainment. I mean, heck. There were two blocked field goals in the CFL this season, and then there were two in the fourth quarter of the Grey Cup. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about it from, uh, from that perspective. That is, that's 100% right. Um, when, when Chad Kelly came in, it felt like it was over then, and then that 20-yard run from him on second and 15, yet one of the many plays no one could have expected. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, like when, when he came in, we were all kind of wondering what had happened because we didn't see – the obvious play where he got hurt. You just thought, you know, the offense yeah. hasn't been crazy effective. 
you know, maybe they're just rolling the dice and pulling him, but had they pulled him, you know he would have snapped. And so we were, we, I'm looking for the moment on the sideline thinking, why is he not snapping? And, he, and that wasn't happening, right? And then all of a sudden we see him throw and uh, saw that, you know, he was starting to get taped on his thumb and everything, and you realize that there was an injury. And, you know, like there's a lot of excitement around Chad Kelly and the organization, and that would probably have only cemented it, right? Because there's certainly a lot of belief that um, uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson has played his last game. So, yeah, for him to rise up and live in that moment, uh, you know, that's only going to solidify his future in this league if he wants one. Yeah, you know, incredible. A guy who, you know, has beaten Alabama and now played a part in the Argonauts thwarting Winnipeg from getting that three-peat. I think both these things can be true, Farhan. I'm curious your thoughts. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers were the best team of the 2022 season, but the Argonauts were the best team yesterday. I like just the numbers-wise and everything else, it, it felt like this was a game they deserved to win. They Caleros threw a couple passes that were dropped that could have been intercepted. So I thought the right team won on Sunday, even if the better team over the whole season was still Winnipeg. But just curious your thoughts. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree. I don't know that Toronto played significantly better than, than Winnipeg. Not significantly, uh, but, they, but I thought they were yeah, a slightly they, better team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they certainly weren't worse, right? I, I would agree with you there. But, like, when you look at what Toronto did, um, they wound up with, you know, they gave up a kick return touchdown. They gave up a blocked field goal. They had their backup quarterback in. They took more than double the amount of penalties and yardage that the Bombers did. And, you know, including that undisciplined Speedy Banks penalty. And yet they won. Like, who does that? Who gives up? a kick return touchdown, has a kick block, plays their back and quarterback, and still wins a football game, right? Um, yeah. So it, was, it was crazy that it happened the way it did for them. And, you know, the other thing with the Bombers is is that they have always been able to win with their B game, right? I mean, you look at last week's game against the Lions, and Zach Kalouris wasn't awesome, right? I mean, he threw the one pick in the end zone. They had to run the football more. Um, they did that all season long where one side of the team – just wasn't great, and the other side of the team just kind of kept them in it, right? And so this is the one time one team was able to make him pay for it, right? And, yeah, you're right, Toronto was the better team. There was no fluke in that. They deserved to win. There was a, a moment in that game where um, they left uh, Dakota Prukop in. So we're, we're talking fourth quarter. They had finally had a big run. It was I think they had a 13-yard run to get a first down with Brady Oliveira. And then he put – Dakota Prukup in the game, and they took a shot. And yeah. I know that Buck Pierce got criticism for it. And I think one of the reasons they did that is they just wanted they wanted to get a spark. And Buck, Buck and I actually talked about that type of play in a week because it was kind of the same way Paul Apolis in 2019 used Chris Strebler, right? When he had a quarterback that he didn't necessarily want to push in the run game with Zach Caleros back then coming off concussions, this time coming off an ankle. And now you can have a changeup, and you would have assumed – that as soon as they did that, the Argos would have been up and they would have been trying to defend the run first, some sort of quarterback zone read option game or quarterback counters that they've done. And they didn't, right? So it was like Corey Mace in his first great cup as a defensive coordinator won that coaching moment, right? And, uh, you know, I, I don't criticize uh, Buck Pierce and maybe Dakota Prukop forced it a little bit, but how about giving some credit to the Argos for not overcommitting to the run in that moment when every reason would have taken you to do that, right? So, um, yeah, you're right. Like, I, th- I truly thought the biggest mismatch in this game was the coaching mismatch, and the Argos proved me otherwise. Yeah, and uh, it was a bit of a forced pass, but you're right. Give credit to the Argonauts secondary, to Shaq Richardson, and to a defense that held Winnipeg to 286 yards. 
Argos had two interceptions and four sacks. And again, Winnipeg is, was one of the best teams. Was the, historically good at converting on second down. They weren't able to do it. Uh, we're joined by Farhan Lodge live from the Argonauts Hotel in Regina. And Farhan, from the, taking the football, uh, just the X's and O's to the side, I'm not going to lie to you. I was watching this game, and I was I was getting all choked up. And I'm curious your thoughts. Like just seeing Hanak Mwamba in tears, seeing him with his daughter, and then from a personal level, seeing Darren Titian and everything he's gone through to be him on that stage presenting Mwamba with the award. I, I'm not going to lie to you. That's one of the most emotional moments I've seen in the CFL in ages. Yeah, it was pretty cool, right? I mean, uh, Enoch and his daughter was fantastic. The guy played in the Grey Cup in his rookie season while a member of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and for him to, you know, then have to wait until this point, 11 years later, to get another shot at it and, you know, to get it right and, you know, to win the awards, which is another weird thing. Like, look, I love Enoch, but three tackles and one interception, and he won two awards, right? Uh, so it was a great moment for him and just that much emotion. And, you know, there was even you know, Andrew Harris, who's had his first share of great moments, in this league, yep. having his daughter there thinking it was going to be his last game. As far as Dutchie's concerned, I, I had my Dutchie emotional moment the first day I saw him on SportsCenter again, back from, from his illness, so that was cool to see. Yeah. And, like, Dutchie missed the, the opening of the show because he was, he was back preparing and didn't know he was supposed to be on, so I know he was a little upset at that, but then he had so much fun with it once he got back on, and we had the same moment, Naylor and I, that kind of caught us up in the stands. We were stuck at the elevator, and then we were running down to get to our location during the pregame show. And wouldn't you know it, one of our 52 cameras caught the shot, and they showed us, same as they showed Dutchie, kind of running running down to get on set. So uh, not the emotional moment of Enoch, but, uh, you know, Dutchie and I laughed about that after for sure. Well, listen, I mean, first off, congrats to you, to Naylor, to everyone on air and behind the scenes. When you do that many hours of live TV coverage, things are going to happen. Uh, but I think in the end, unless you're a Bombers fan looking for, uh, looking for the dynasty, I think if you're the CFL or if you're a CFL fan, you had to be happy with the way that season ended because early in the game, we had no idea what was in store for us by the end. Yeah, I mean, look, change is good, and, and I don't – feel the same way like I know there were there were a lot of people that really were saying anybody but Winnipeg or at least that's the narrative the Bombers tried to give and you know I think about Super Bowls when we all as a media want anybody but the Patriots right and that's generally because you know Bill Belichick is just an ass to deal with uh, so yes. but Michael Shea's not like that <laughs> he may not give you much but he's a nice guy you know he, he's not a bad human being that way and you know and, and they, like Zach Caleros and Adam Big Hill and there's so many guys in that Winnipeg group that are that are great but, but change is good it's just it's ironic that, you know, it happens in the market where we just we just needed to get bigger and we needed to get better and, and it you know, whenever they win a great cup it doesn't necessarily light a spark and hopefully it can this time because you know, I I don't know that the folks in Toronto necessarily appreciate how good that franchise is relative to the other teams in that marketplace and hopefully at some point they get on board and we can get a bit of an uptick in Toronto and if this can help do that, it, it was great. It really was. And as I was joking on Twitter, Maple Leafs hire Pinball Clemens right, right? now. Yes, 100%. Hey, Farhan, thank you so much. I know how crazy busy you are and how crazy busy you've been the last couple of days. So I appreciate the time and the perspective. All the best and have a safe flight home. Thanks, Matt. All the best to you, too. And the remarkable thing about the Argonauts, these last three Grey Cup wins... They've done it against teams that were superior. The 100th Grey Cup here in Toronto, Calgary, better record, more talent. Then 2017, maybe the most remarkable one, because that Calgary Stampeders team 
that was the uh, that was definitely the one of the best regular season teams I've ever seen. And Ricky Ray and the Argonauts were able to get it done. And then last night, you know, the town disparity nowhere near as much as back as 2017. But Winnipeg was the better team. They were favored by five and a half. They should have been the favorite. And Toronto went out and won. And it was, that was not a fluke. Toronto was better defensively. You know, Toronto, um, what hurt them? Penalties. Penalties would hurt them. But they actually, in the end, end special teams. Boris Beattie, not a great day. Janorian Grant with a CFL record, 100-plus uh, yard punt return touchdown. But Toronto was the better team. They lose their starting quarterback. And Chad Kelly comes in and leads them on a game, a, the game, they technically in the end, the game winning touchdown drive. Andrew Harris gets his gray cup against his old team. Brandon Banks finally wins one. And it wasn't Brandon Banks' best day. We all know that. A bad penalty where the objectionable conduct when he was freaking out at the officials for believing there should have been pass interference on Tavares Daniels, and it was close. But think about like just everything that the Argonauts were able to get through. Curly Gittens, the best receiver the Argonauts have, was invisible. You know, just a bad game for him. Dropped a couple short passes. And on the second one, you could tell how frustrated he was. They lose McLeod Bethel Thompson, but it doesn't stop them. They were able to get the win. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That was just super cool. And I'm not going to do the thing, hey, you see that, Blue Jays? You see that, Maple Leafs? None of that. You know, to me, it just last night was a joyful night to be an Argonauts fan, a joyful night to be a Toronto sports fan. And I, I thought it was so cool. And and uh, Farhan brings up a good point. The most emotional moment, you know, involving us watching Derek Titian was his first, you know, his first broadcast back, his first Sports Center back with Jennifer Hedger. But I just I couldn't help but think about his journey when he was on stage with Anuk Mwamba. And then getting named, um, you know, most valuable player, most outstanding Canadian. And, you know, we can quibble about should he have won both. I mean, that's part of the game is there was a lot of people you could have given it to. Early on, I was like, oh, wow, Andrew Harris, he's going to win this. Look at this. Look at this. He's put up big numbers in the first quarter. Then he didn't get a carry in the second. I thought Jackson Jeffcoat, the defensive end for Winnipeg, was going to win it early on. Just a wild game where you had no idea. You had no idea what was going on or who was going to win. And every time it looked like, oh, Winnipeg's going to win. Oh, wait, no, Toronto's going to win. Oh, wait, Winnipeg's going to win. And then Robbie Smith, who had two bad uh, penalties in that game, comes up with the game-sealing, game-winning blocked field goal. An incredible great cup, 24-23 win by Toronto, first since 2017. And congrats to, you know, to everyone that helped build that team from Jim Barker to now the general manager, Pinball Clemens. And it was cool. It was super cool watching Pinball Clemens also celebrate that. Ah, glorious. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll try to, we'll try to get into some of the NFL stuff where the Dallas Cowboys killed Minnesota, killed me. I had a horrible week picking games. Thankfully, we won't have time to focus on that. Travis Kelsey's, Kelsey, excuse me, scored three touchdowns. The Chiefs rally past the Chargers. By the way, I don't know who's on the mic there. If it's a, if it's Josh or Chris or Nick, but I did one, I, I did one big bet, Chris. I did one big bet. I said Patrick Mahomes would have more touchdown passes than Zach Caleros. So it was a winning night for me on Sunday. 
How about that one throw down the field? I can't remember his name. Number 88. It was like in the third quarter. My God, that is one of the nicest throws I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Mahomes, yeah. uh, he just continues to be uh, everything we expect. Yep, and he's the, the thing. it's the thing we trust the most in the NFL right now. If we ever did a trustometer, the number one thing we trust is the Kansas City Chiefs. And really, it's not even close. I, I, Eagles should, as it should be, yeah. Yeah, Eagles should have lost to the Colts. Buffalo had to scramble a little bit right now. It is Kansas City. How about your Giants? So, uh, what, uh, How about your Giants? <laughs> yeah, the first week, I, first week I bet on them. They lose to Detroit at home. They're frauds. I told you all year the Giants are frauds. They're frauds. If, if Keith Bauer, the producer of Overdrive, is listening, stop tis- tisking me. They're fr- okay, we got to go. <laughs> oh, hey, man, God. we might have time for your picks after. <laughs> I can hear you guys giggling. I can hear you laughing. You know, we can go, you know what, no, we'll, do, we'll go over the final segment, okay? The final segment will be just shaming me. I'm fine with it. The show is all about transparency. Hey, I want to remind everyone, unlike what's going on in this show, I want you guys to all share the love. Share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Here is your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. You ready? Text the keyword today. So the word is today to 105050 for your chance to win the $200 McDonald's gift card. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC, Ronald McDonald House uh, cookie, or McCafe creme brulee little donut. That sounds good. So, again, text the keyword today to 105050 for your chance to win that McDonald's gift card. On the other side, a man who knows John Tavares very well, Michael Grabner, joins the show, and we will do that in just a moment. You are listening to Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month are looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. Welcome back. This is Toronto Today. And if you've been listening to the morning show, everything, you know that um, we are the home. TSN 1050 is the home of the World Cup. You're going to have United States and Wales at 2 o'clock. On Wednesday, you got Canada. Their first match taken on Belgium, that is, excuse me, that is at 2 o'clock. Pre-game starts at 1. So then there's going to be, like, gaps of time and there's not going to be shows or there's going to be Toronto Today. Leafs Lunch will be back. You got the morning show sort of abbreviated for a couple days, and they come back up strong on Thursday and Friday. So what we're trying to do is to pack in as much as we can in this hour of Radio. We started off talking all things Grey Cup. It is the biggest story around here. And yes, the Leafs beat the Sabres. They take on the Islanders tonight. But the Argonauts getting it done against that team, denying the Bombers a dynasty with a game-winning touchdown done by a backup quarterback who barely played this year in Chad Kelly. It was just a remarkable night of football. An incredible fourth quarter, two interceptions, punt return touchdown, two block punts. And no one had any idea what was going to happen until the clock hit zero. I apologize if that sounds like a cliche. It's because that's what last night was, a beautiful, wonderful cliche. We talked about it before. You're not going to see Siakam against the Brooklyn Nets. 
You're not going to see Precious Achua as well. Raptors losing that heartbreaker, 124-122 to the Hawks. And part of it was injuries. Part of it was the Raptors uh, couldn't shoot uh, from three. Van Vliet and OG Ananobi shot one for 17 from three, and the Raptors nearly won. But a tough night for Scotty Barnes. We're joining us now because one guy who's been incredible this year has been Sean Tavares. Tavares has 129 goals in 299 games with the Maple Leafs. He had 129 goals in his last 300 games with the Islanders. The statistical <laughs> symmetry is creepy. And Jordan is now a man who played in the NHL for ages, including five years with Tavares of the Islanders. It is Michael Grabner. Michael, really appreciate you joining the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Never a bad day to talk a little bit about hockey. So, Absolutely. People... Uh, you know what? Doing great. Uh, the Leafs with a nice win against the Sabres. Their local uh, CFL team, the Argonauts, won the Great Cup. But what I, what I want to start with you is um, really use you more as a storyteller. You you know, you go back um, many, many years with John Tavares, who's having an incredible year with the Leafs. And just what was, I'm curious, Michael, what were your memories of him? What was what was a younger version of John Tavares like? Yeah, obviously I got to the island when he was just kind of starting out. Uh and was one of the young stars coming up. So, but yeah, I remember him meeting him. It was obviously a little bit quieter side of uh, when he was younger. Uh, but just like his kind of work ethic, obviously, I still remember um, from back in the day, even when he was younger, he just kind of like took one thing every summer and he came back every year, seemingly like being better at like skating one year, then he shot got better, right? He kind of just kind of focused on one thing. Um, when he was younger, and like obviously he's still producing to this day, and uh, it definitely probably helped him get to where he is now. So, but yeah, he was just a shyer, quieter guy back then. Like I said, he was still young. He kind of just kind of was worried about hockey. One of those guys that kind of put all his effort into getting better and stuff. So this is definitely like things that still stick in my mind to this day. So. The the remarkable thing there about how he would come back every summer with something new is that, you know, by the time you saw him in his last couple of years, Tavares was already a star. And, you know, sometimes, and this can happen in any walk of life, once you become successful, for some people, they kind of relax, they, took their, they take their foot off the pedal. But with Sean Tavares, he clearly didn't, did he? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean, I think he was a good, great player at the time already when I met him, right? But he kind of like looked at his himself and was like, okay, where can I improve more to make me even better the following year? Like, I think the first year, I think he worked on his skating a lot, right? Like, people were kind of saying he wasn't the best skater, not slow, but he didn't really care about the comments as much. I think he just wanted to get better himself because he knew if he got better at it, he would excel in other aspects of his uh, in hockey, you know, so like I think like, he came back and he became a stronger skater. And the following year, he was like more worried about his shot, right? For like kind of like the power play, he wanted to score more goals. So he, he really made it a, a point to work on his shot, right? and then he started getting more goals. And like I said, like guys like him and like obviously other stars, they just kind of are good at it, but they never quit improving or trying to find ways to even get better, right? Like, yeah. you see it all the time. Like, we have masters skating here in Arizona in the summers and stuff, and I'm at the rink a lot with my son, so you see him out there working on, like, the smaller stuff or, like, just to get 
keep working on it, trying to get an edge, right? Like the league's getting faster, the league's getting better every year, seemingly the last 15 years, and it's <clears throat> getting harder to score goals, harder to get chances. Like, and like, the top players just keep producing, and I think that just speaks to that, that they don't stop, right? Every year they kind of analyze the game, they see where the league's going, and they try to find ways to get an edge of, over the other guys. So, And that, that's what makes them great, and that's why they're lo- around for a long time. Yeah, we're joined by Michael Grabner, and you're right. That's what makes stars stars is the ability to always kind of not be afraid, but never to be satisfied with where you are as a player. How much, Michael? How much do you do you follow the Islanders? Because you know, two years ago they went to Game Seven against Tampa, the Eastern Finals. They they missed the playoffs last year. This year, doing better, third in the Metro. I, I'm just curious um, from a semi outsider, though it's not like you've been gone from the game. It feels like you were playing just yesterday how close yeah. did you keep up with uh, your former teams uh yeah like when i <clears throat> when i do watch hockey i try to watch teams that i played for i have guys on there that i know right so it's kind of more fun following the game so i definitely keep up on like the leaves the rangers the islanders coyotes obviously right but even the canucks I have a couple of people i know there when i got drafted but the Islanders will always be have a big spot in my heart because that's kind of where my career started, right? It's kind of like where I spent yeah. a lot of time early on and met a lot of great people there. I still text with Kimber, who is the PR guy there. I don't know. We might have gotten promoted yet. I don't know. But I still text with people back <laughs> there working and stuff. So, yeah, like when I, like I said, when I do watch hockey, I keep up with teams that I played for. And they had like a couple good solid years. And uh, I think I took him last year to make it pretty far. But... They didn't really have, have it last year, I guess. But, yeah, they've been, a, they've been fun to watch in the last few years. They play a fast game. They have some good offensive skill. And, and they're just hard to play against, even when I was still playing, like you said, a couple of years ago. Like, the team was just, uh, yeah, resilient. And uh, it's fun to watch this kind of games. like I said, when you know people on the team and kind of fall along. And obviously you want them to do well. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's just tougher over here in Arizona to watch games, especially with like I'm coaching my son's team now. Yeah. So you kind of come home late, and like most of the East Coast games are sometimes over and stuff, right? So it's kind of tough with the time change here. Oh yeah, I, I, absolutely. It's but where you are, oh, so much better watching sports where everything starts earlier and you're not staying up till ten o'clock. Actually, Michael. <laughs> I wrote this down because I'm curious about this. Uh, you, you mentioned the Vancouver Canucks, and, you know, you, 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 you weren't there very long. I think around like 20 games in the 2009-2010 season. They just got into the Hall of Fame. When you arrived there, could you tell Hendrick and Daniel Sedin apart? I ask this because I am a twin myself. How <laughs> did you ever mix up your teammates? Um, yeah, like I wasn't there long, but obviously I was in the system for like a few years, right? So I was at camps yeah. and stuff with them. And, uh, it was definitely hard. Like sometimes I felt like one guy would have like grow out the hair longer and stuff. And like, you know, like, like minimal things where you can pick up, but then they would go get a haircut or something and they would like look a lot closer. Like, but I think I got a pretty good hang of it at, at uh, one point. I remember I got a jersey signed for my for one of my friends back home. I was, like, really young. And I, I pretty sure I asked like, Daniel to sign it. And I walked out the door and came back a different door. And I was like, hey, Hank, can you sign it? And it, Daniel just walked around the, <laughs> the other way. And it was <laughs> Daniel again. So, yeah, it's just it's, it's funny, right? Like, it, it's kind of tough to play with twins. But, like I said, like, once you're around them enough, you kind of get – their personality and you kind of figure out like small things to kind of tell them apart but 
Yeah, they've, they've been some great players. They've put up some great years for the Canucks, so it was fun to be, be around those guys. Toughest question for me to ask you as we end this again, joined by Michael Grabner. Follow him on Twitter, at Grabs40. Um, John, John Tavares has a breakaway tonight. What are you rooting for, a goal or a save? Honestly, these days, I just want to see entertaining games. I'm like a fan now, right? Like, I want to see a good save or like a, or a nice goal. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of on the fan side of things now, right? Like, uh, I hope they both do well. It's tough when they play each other. So I'm kind of just neutral. Um, like I said, I played for both. I played with Charlie and stuff. And so, and I have a lot of guys that are still on the Islanders that were there when I was there, obviously. So, like I said, I'm just enjoying fun games now hopefully they, the games are entertaining they're fast there's chances right so i kind of just became a, a fan again of the sport so nice well michael really appreciate it. i heard i just heard that you're saying you are coaching your son's team um love to chat with you again sometime soon about that i'm always curious about that transition from when you go from being a professional athlete to finding the next step in your journey in life and uh i i wish you nothing but the best and on a completely other note I recently was, uh, I know you were born in Austria. I went to visit Austria for the first time, and uh, I study wine on the side. So anyone listening, try Austrian red wine. The Zweigelt is delicious. There's St. Laurent as well. There's a lot of good red wine coming from your country. Yeah, it's a small country, but we, I think we have a lot of things to offer, mountains, yeah. like skiing, and like, yeah, the wine is kind of like in the, more northern part where my grandma's from it's like even like i didn't even know that we had a lot of good wine places they're kind of like smaller hidden places right but yeah yeah there's definitely some gems out there hell yes michael really appreciate thank you so much for taking the time and i wish you all the best my friend yeah thanks for having me have a good one talk to you later absolutely yes you as well take care that is michael grabner of course spent a little time with the maple leafs and you know some great seasons with the islanders and yes once again everyone Go get a bottle of Zweigelt. You can be pretend you're like a wine hipster by saying how much you enjoy it. And, again, Leafs are taking on the New York Islanders tonight. All right, coming up, um, we're going to end the show, just sort of go through some of the top stories and get you set. The United States taking on Wales as the World Cup is upon us. That's coming up right here on Toronto Today. Now, back to Toronto Today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toronto Today, brought to you in part by Two for One Pizza. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit 241pizza.com. we got to skedaddle out of here because we got the United States taking on Wales. That is coming up just minutes here on TSN 1050. A shout-out again to the Toronto Argonauts. They are your Grey Cup champions after beating the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 24-23. Yeah! We will not talk about anything's Raptors and the Maple Leafs after beating the Sabres take on the Islanders tonight. It is packed. That is it for me. Have a great day, everyone. Enjoy the World Cup.